Well, good afternoon, everyone, and thank you for joining us um, today again. We are now into day two of our circuit break lockdown, and thank you for everything so many of you have already done for our island. Today, as well as the Director of Public Health, I have with me the Treasury Minister, who would like to update you on what we are doing to support workers, our businesses and our economy during this challenging time. We will come to this after the regular update from our Director of Public Health on cases and contact tracing. Dr Ewart. Thank you, Chief Minister. The total number of active cases today is 18, and all of them are self-isolating at home. That means we've had two new positive results since yesterday, and both of these are day one test results for travellers who are already in self-isolation. This takes the total number of confirmed cases to 392. The total number of test results reported in the last 24 hours is 206. We expect to complete the testing of the contacts from the Truth Wine and Tapas Bar in Ramsey over this coming weekend. Thank you, Chief Minister. And thank you very much, Henrietta. Another reassuring day, but I know there is still a long way to go. Before I hand over to the Treasury Minister, I would like to return to the question of the vaccination programme. I know that a lot of people found it helpful to hear the Health and Social Care Minister's presentation yesterday. I do know that a large number of questions remain. We do not yet have all the answers. As we have them, we will share them with you. Now, Minister Ashford is on other business this afternoon, but I have asked him to do another detailed vaccination briefing early next week. I'm sure he will also want to update on what the approval of the third vaccine, the Moderna vaccine, might mean for the island. Meanwhile, I can tell you that today we sent letters to all of our residents over the age of 80, inviting them to come forward for a vaccination. We have also sent an information leaflet explaining what is involved. A separate process is in place to arrange vaccinations for those aged over 80 who live in care or nursing homes. Let me now hand over to the Treasury Minister, Alf. And thank you, uh, Chief Minister. Now, I know that uh, asking the community to stay at home for 21 days will have economic and financial impacts. And that is why we have immediately reopened our salary support scheme and the Manx Earnings Replacement Allowance, or MIRA for short. Many of you will be familiar with these schemes. In the previous lockdown, salary support paid out more than £43 million and supported 11,000 individuals a month at its peak. And MIRA paid out uh, over £6 million, supporting 1,940 people when it was needed most. The salary support scheme is therefore being reopened to all business sectors that were able to claim during last year's period of lockdown. It is currently scheduled to be available to cover the current circuit break lockdown from the 4th to the 31st of January. The method of claiming remains the same, along with the amount of support, which provides full financial assistance to any qualifying business of up to £280 for a full-time equivalent employee per week. Applications can be submitted from the 1st of February, but must be made no later than 30 days after the end of the month in which salary payments were made, which in this case is the 2nd of March. Applications are made online and details of how to apply are available on the government COVID-19 website. The Manx Earnings Replacement Allowance, or MIRA, 
will be available from Monday the 11th of January for an initial three-week period ending on Sunday the 31st of January. Mira will again be available to both employed earners who are made redundant, laid off or put on nil pay by their employer and those who are self-employed but are prevented from carrying out their work due to the restrictions and of course who meet the qualifying conditions. Mira will be paid at a standard rate of £200 a week and individuals can earn a further £50 a week whilst continuing to receive Mira. Unemployed and self-employed people who are not eligible for Mira may be eligible in certain circumstances for job seekers allowance instead. Claims are now able to be made online at services.gov.im slash Mira and anyone who is unable to make their claim online should contact us by phone or email. The phone line for both Mira and salary support inquiries is 648125. Now on the proviso that this circuit break lockdown works and that early restrictions can be lifted by the end of this month or early February, we can conservatively estimate that the total cost of the one month's additional support will be between eight and ten million pounds. I should also remind businesses that the government-backed disruption loan guarantee and working capital loan schemes are still available and running through the island banks and we are continuing to support tourist accommodation providers through our strategic capacity scheme. In addition, our VAT and income tax departments will also listen carefully to businesses and individuals who need to defer payments or extend payment terms. However, I recognise that the MIRA and salary support, whilst valuable mechanisms to support pay and income, by themselves may not provide a solution to provide stability in a longer-term lockdown. Indeed, I know that many of you will want to get back working and earning as soon as possible, particularly at this time of year. But in order to do so, we must get this virus under control. My hope is that we can do this quickly and effectively, and then we can consider allowing individuals, trades and professions back to work in an orderly fashion. If we cannot do this quickly and effectively, and the virus spreads rather than diminishes, and we cannot get you back to work in a reasonable time frame, then we will have to review the relevance of our financial support. In other words, we are trusting that short, sharp action now will deal with the situation. If it doesn't, we will review the financial support available. As I have said last year, government cannot think for everybody, nor can it bring forward a financial package for every set of circumstance. And I know that it is not easy for some at present. It is therefore imperative that we do not lose sight of the fact that the health of the nation is inextricably linked with its financial well-being. By making every effort to obey the rules, to stay at home as much as you possibly can, and by taking precautions when you are out in public, you are not only protecting lives and other people's health, you are protecting jobs and businesses. Last year, the nation rose up to its responsibilities, and I am asking you again now that in the immediate aftermath of this circuit breaker, you once again look to support our locally produced goods, our local shops, our local pubs, our local restaurants and our local businesses in the same spirit that we did last summer. We must be a community working together with a common goal to extinguish the virus threat, protect health and get our economy back on its feet again. Thank you, Chief Minister. And thank you very much, Al, for that update. Now, while I know the circuit break lockdown has not been welcome news, I know that the fact that we have been able to switch our support back on so quickly has been well received.
Just before we go to the media for questions, I would like to go over some issues that people have been asking for us to clarify. Firstly, on childcare. We covered much of this earlier in the week, but I think it's useful to recap. For essential workers, if their child are ordinarily cared for by going into someone else's household whilst they go to work, they can still do so. As I mentioned on Wednesday, children from separated or divorced households can still travel between both parents. This is the same as we did back in spring. However, I would respectfully ask you all, where possible, to wear face masks, wash your hands and observe the usual rules that we've all asked you to comply with. Secondly, there is an important issue relating to people who may be providing care to others. Someone who may be vulnerable, elderly or who has a disability. The care provider might be a family member, a neighbour or a volunteer. Again, we will go back to what we did in the spring. Those people will be able to continue to provide that care, whether that is bringing shopping in or household help, but, and this is important, they will need to take the appropriate steps to minimise any risk. And thirdly, a post on social media relating to patient transfers has caused a little confusion. This is a really important area for us, so I would like to clear this, this up. The question has been whether patient transfers can return to their household to self-isolate. And I can confirm that there is a process where this can be allowed if there is a clinical need. But this is an exception to the rule and as such needs to be approved by the Department of Health and Social Care. The patient transfer team can help people with advice on this. We will do our best to clarify, sorry about that, to clarify points like this at these briefings, and I know there are questions. We are regularly updating our digital channels with information. If you can, in the first instance, please visit gov.im forward slash COVID-19. The team have been busy all week refreshing the content, and there is a wealth of information available. For general inquiries, please do not phone the COVID-111 line, which is currently dealing with a high volume of calls, including arranging appointments for the current vaccination priority group. Instead, please call the Community Support Line on 686-262, that's 686-262, or email covid19communitysupport at gov.im. The team are there every day between 8am and 6pm. I am aware that there's been quite a bit of discussion on social media around businesses and construction sites, in particular not following the rules. Let me be clear, our enforcement team is now active and whilst I do accept in the spirit of making sites safe, there may have been some finishing works needed where they posed a health and safety risk, I hope that they will all now be safe and secure. The message is clear, stay at home. One final point before I turn to the media is around the announcement this morning that the UK, that they will be requiring a negative test before people travel there. First of all, the announcement was clear that this is only applying to those countries that are not in the United Kingdom government's travel corridor list. We are on that list, so these new restrictions do not apply to us. But this is always maybe a good time to reiterate that our advice remains that people should not travel off-island at the moment 
unless there is an absolutely essential reason to do so. And now to the media. And first we have Josh Stokes from ITV Granada. Good afternoon, Josh. Fast am I. Good afternoon, Chief Minister. Uh, my first question to the Treasury Minister, please. Um, Mr Cannon, you've once again switched back on the money schemes for businesses trying to survive another lockdown, but this lockdown could have arguably been avoided if testing those in isolation was brought in sooner. So do you now regret the Treasury did not allocate more money to a robust testing regime for people in isolation sooner, rather than relying purely on 14 days in quarantine? Well, well, the Treasury works in conjunction uh, with the policies dictated by the Council of Ministers and, and public health. Uh, we have made substantial funds available throughout this crisis to meet government's uh, needs. And uh, we, we have done the same again once the testing regime was, was brought in. So you know, tre Treasury was not determining or blocking any testing. We have simply gone with the government and public health policies. Yeah, if I'm on, Josh, can I just come in on that and point out that we did actually implement um, testing on day one and day 13 for all people returning on the 23rd of December. We were, I think the only other people that do that are ourselves and Guernsey, and we, we did that at the same time. So I don't think we were, were late. We had the data that showed that there were increases in um, the infection rate in the United Kingdom. We took action straight away. It's most unfortunate that maybe um, that 1% has maybe um, caused the, the problem where people get it after the 14-day quarantine. But we, we did take action pretty quick and did receive the um, support from Treasury to do the testing on, on day 1 and 13 straight away. Though. So I don't want any, there to be any impression that Treasury held up payment for us to go ahead. The minute we had the recommendation from our medics to increase our testing regime, the full support was, was there. Okay, thank you. And my second question to yourself, Chief Minister. You've stated you aim for the lockdown to last for an initial 21 days. Now, if the Isle of Man is not able to reach local elimination of the virus again by then, is the plan to extend the lockdown? Or in other words, is some form of on-island lockdown going to remain in place until the Isle of Man once again reaches zero active cases? Well, there's two types of cases which I think most people will agree. There's those where we've got people coming back to the island and we're doing the testing and they're failing either their day one or their day 13 testing. That will not impact on the Council of Ministers' view um, whether we open up or not going forward because that's under control. We know about it. They're in quarantine. They can't get out and about into the community. Our concern, obviously, is whether there's any community cases as a result of this second cluster. At the moment, we have had none um, in the last couple of days. If that continues, then clearly we will be looking at opening up uh, as soon as we possibly can. Obviously, if that continues, then um, we will, we may have to extend the period. But let's cross that bridge when we get to it. I'm very hopeful that everyone following the rules will will flush out um, any infection in the community if it is there, and then we can get on with getting back to normal as soon as possible. And just following on to that, how does the vaccine rollout now correlate with the lockdown restrictions? For example, would you like to see the island locked down in some form while all vulnerable priority groups are vaccinated? No, I think with the PPE, we've got a good stock of PPE. There shouldn't be a problem that we can carry on rolling out the vaccine. We can only do so much a week anyway. I think the health minister has gone to great lengths to explain the reasons um, behind that and, and the amount of supply that we have. But no, um, PPE, the vaccination programme carries on. It's, it's imperative that we do. Um, I, I think we would be looking at a drastic uh, outbreak before we even had to consider 
making changes. I don't envisage that. And um, I, I think it's business as usual from a vaccine, vaccination point of view. But obviously now our staff have to wear the full PPE um, whilst administering it. Yeah, the reason I asked to be about lockdown is because I think people really want to know specifically what is needed to get out of this lockdown. Is that information published and made available to the public online anywhere? Um, I'm not sure, but I'm more than happy to say we get uh, you know 14 clear days with no community spread. Um, then you, you know I would see us lifting the um, requirements then or, or implementing changes all all the time from then onwards. As I've said, I'm not including day one testing or day 13 testing because those people will be in in quarantine isolation and we do expect to get the odd case um, happening from time to time in, in that area thanks very much Charles. thank you next we have simon richardson from business 365 good afternoon simon faster my good afternoon chief minister my first question also is for the treasury minister if i may uh, mr cannon in terms of cost do you envisage accessing funds from the 250 million borrowing facility that uh, you um, announced last time around? Yeah, so we put in place the 250 million pounds as a cash flow precaution. Uh, we don't really envisage uh, going into that at the moment. Uh, I think uh, clearly this time of year, a lot of people are actually paying into uh, Treasury, which is a uh, which is a relief. Uh, and actually, you know, I have to say that the result of the action that we took last year, I think the economy broadly uh, has performed pretty well in most sectors, one or two exceptions, obviously, and we are carrying on with our strategic capacity support for uh, tourism uh, and accommodation uh, providers. Um, but, uh, you know, it's there as a precaution. It's very difficult for me to say whether uh, we will uh, expect to dip into it. I'm hoping that we'll get... Uh, ourselves out of this lockdown in quick time that everybody pulls together, uh, that we get control of the transmission uh, of the virus and we get regain control in terms of our understanding from a council of ministers perspective of what uh, is happening on the ground. You know, as soon as we do that, as soon as, uh, as the chief minister says, um, we have some clear days of uh, transmission, we can start getting people back to work. So I'm fairly confident actually, as it stands today, that treasury is not gonna be materially impacted, except of course, that, uh, as I've outlined, at a conservative estimate, uh, another eight to 10 million pounds in support. But we've planned for that. We've put together the funding um, for this type of uh, event. And so I'm relatively comfortable as things stand at the moment. And are there things that Treasury has learned from the first lockdown last year that have been put into place this time around to help from an administrative perspective and also in terms of how the assistance is targeted? Well, certainly we found that uh, the salary support scheme and the MIRA, the two schemes that we've switched back on, worked uh, very well and effectively last year, uh, welcomed by the business uh, community, supported thousands of uh, individuals and jobs across the island man. And in fact, you know, I think it's fair to say that the results of that support uh, were felt in terms of a potential spike of unemployment that we were expecting and in fact didn't get. Uh, although our number of uh, unemployed has increased and is currently running at about 750 or so people, it is not uh, into the thousands, which was the uh, forecasted scenario if we didn't put the financial support packages in. Look, we were pretty happy with what we did last time in terms of the MIRA and the salary support. Uh, that's why they were uh, kept in reserve, if you like, and we, we were able to turn them on 
uh, immediately. As I said, we'll be considering, uh, as this period goes on, whether or not we need to look now at turning on any other financial support to meet uh, business needs. Um, uh, but as it stands, yes, we, we, we learned lessons, but they're administrative lessons, and I think you will see that uh, we will pay out uh, very quickly once these claims start to, uh, start to come in, and uh, salary support when firms come to put their claims in at the end of the month will be paid. The first batch of um, payment runs will be made in that first week. Thanks very Thank much, you. Simon. We now move on to Richard, brought from Alamein Newspapers. Good afternoon, Richard. Fast to my. Fast to my, Chief Minister. Um, you said that uh, there was no link identified between the case identified on New Year's Eve and the case that I suppose we could say centred on the Tapas Barn Ramsey. Is that still the case? Is contract testing being taken place and, and there's still no link identified between the two instances? Yeah, Richard, I'm, I'm assured to date that so far they have found no link. It, it is linked to another case that had travelled, that they'd been in isolation for 14 days and had come out and uh, members of the family had gone on to then develop um, the, the COVID-19. Um, COVID um, obviously, tests are, are constantly going on, lots of testing, and should that data change, then I will, of course, update you all on that. But this is seen as no link to the original outbreak on New Year's Eve. We, we've seen no more cases um, coming forward. In fact, the last cases we've had have all been day one tests of people that have returned to the island. So, but st it's still too early to say. I think um, if we get to this time next week without any cases, then we can be a little bit more cautiously optimistic. But at this moment in time, we just really have to wait and, and see what happens over the coming week. I think that Dr. Hewitt said that contact chasing on the second case will be finished hopefully the weekend, something like that. Um, or soon, anyway. Has contact test tracing finished on the on the New Year's Eve um, cases? Right. I think it'd probably be best if I bring in um, Dr. Ewart on that to to answer the, you know that that element of the question. Um, Thank you, Richard Henrietta. Thank you, Chief Minister. We have to distinguish between the process of contact tracing and the process of getting the test results back in. So the contact tracing has actually finished by and large in that those who have been identified as close contacts have been followed through, they've been put into self-isolation along with their households and they have had their initial tests. So it is actually complete in terms of contact tracing uh, unless any late identifications are made, in which case they'll also be included. But we are confident that everyone we have been able to identify has been put into self-isolation and therefore they are not out in the community potentially extending the chains of transmission from these cases. So far the results we have had back have not identified any further positives, which is very good news, but obviously we need to complete the incubation self-isolation testing period to make sure that we can completely be assured that no positives are going to emerge. Thank you. And maybe when uh, Dr. Yu is still there, the, the UK press has uh, got quite excited today about a drug called tocilibumab uh, or something. It's uh, the arthritis one. Um, obviously, we've not got a big problem in our hospitals at the moment, but I'm guessing that if if, um, if cases do get worse, um, I'm just wondering, have we got supplies of that drug and um, is, is action being taken on that level? 
That's obviously ultimately an issue for the Department of Health and Social Care, who are responsible for clinical treatment. That doesn't fall under the public health remit. We have received notification through the Chief Medical Officer and the MHRA about the use of tocilizumab in that indication, and that obviously has been shared with DHSC, so I would expect them to be factoring that into plans. It's a drug that has been used in um, a number of settings, notably rheumatoid arthritis, for a long time, so it's not a new drug, it's a repurposing of an existing drug. Thank you. Okay, thanks very much, uh, much Richard. I won't ask you to pronounce the, the drug name again. It's quite a tongue twister, wasn't it? Right, we now move on to Alex Bell from BBC Isle of Man. Good afternoon, Alex. Fast am I. Good afternoon. Um, it might be helpful to get some clarification over testing figures. How many people are you testing in the community per day as opposed to the amount of people that you're testing who are returning residents? Henrietta, are you able to clarify? Uh, I can't give precise numbers because there are obviously multiple different pathways for testing. Um, and those include return travellers, they include people who are presenting with symptoms, and we talked about that yesterday, both in terms of asking people who are associated with the venues and the clusters to be vigilant for symptoms, but also for all of us to be vigilant for symptoms all the time and to report any that are suggestive of COVID as soon as we, we notice them. And so just to recap, those symptoms that we want people to be always on the lookout for are new onset continuous cough, fever of any grade, and any change in our sense of taste or smell. So any of us experiencing those, please contact COVID-111 as soon as possible. Obviously, those are variable numbers. We can't say what numbers those will be on any particular day. It will vary depending on what people are experiencing. And then, of course, we do continued testing for um, people who are awaiting a hospital procedure, people who are awaiting patient transfer, uh, people who are on key worker pathways. So those are the various different components that lead to testing. I think it's yeah. worth pointing out, Alex, that at this moment in time, I'm not aware of any delays or cues in testing um, other than the standard ring up on day one and you'll be tested the following day. That there's, there's no backlog or anything. No. Thank you. Can I just rephrase that, re-angle that slightly? So I take it, um, Dr Ewan, that you're not doing at the moment any surveillance testing in the community. Surely you should be meeting the, the capacity of tests you can carry out in a day with surveillance testing to, to make sure that you're not missing any potential community cases. Surveillance testing in communities with low, never mind previously no COVID-19, is not useful. There is a concept known as pre-test probability and at the moment, even though we've had these clusters, we have currently and thankfully no evidence of a recurrence of community transmission. So at worst, we are low prevalence and we may, please God, still be no local community transmission. So the pretest probability of anyone presenting with symptoms actually having COVID is very, very low. And in that context, the issue you get is false positives. And actually the work to carry on to, to unpick that and determine whether it was a true positive or a false positive doesn't justify any potential benefit you would get from that. The, the potential benefit being that you might pick up potential cases in the community which are going unnoticed? You might, but potential cases in the community, even if they're asymptomatic, are very quickly going to cause symptomatic cases. 
At most, probably about one third of people remain asymptomatic. Now, some of those don't remain asymptomatic. They have symptoms, but they either don't recognise them as COVID or for whatever reason, they decide not to report them. Now, the issue with trying to do widespread population testing, mass population testing, is that sort of people who will come forward for that tend to be people who are not at particular risk because if they were symptomatic they're the sort of people who would present themselves and the people you still won't get to through that sort of mass testing approach is the people who don't for whatever reason want to come forward so there is huge debate about how useful mass testing is even in high prevalence areas and certainly as I say in low prevalence areas it simply is not of proven benefit so we're not proposing that we do it at this time. Thank you. And could I ask a question of the Treasury Minister, please? Okay, Alex. Alex. Good afternoon. Um, Mr. Cannon, why are you pushing some people into job seekers' allowance when there are two bespoke salary schemes there ready and waiting to help people? Well, the, the job seekers allowance is a well. There are a range of benefits for a range of circumstances. Uh, job seekers allowance will pay pay get somebody onto the benefits system immediately. The mirror will start from Monday the 11th. If people are uh, absolutely desperate for for money at this precise point uh, and uh, they need to to get into the benefits system immediately, then then job seekers allowance is one potential avenue for them to do it. So we're not pushing people into that route. We're asking people actually to sign up for the Mira, uh, and the Mira will start to uh, pay out uh, two weeks from Monday. Uh, but if people are absolutely desperate, and there are a range of circumstances, and I know it's tough for, for many people, particularly at this time of year, that's just one option for them to be able to access uh, the benefits system at, at, at an even faster pace. But these are self-employed people, employed persons, who you're categorising as unemployed and effectively giving them less money than they could be entitled to, no? Sorry, giving them less money than they are... Job seekers allowance pays out a lot less than being well, that, that's, on the that's not necessarily true, actually. That depends on a range of circumstances, Alex. You know, all these, uh, a lot of these benefits are, are means tested. Mira is not means tested. So, you know, we are actually relying on people's uh, honesty in terms of the statements that they make to the government about their uh, uh, conditions in terms of their employment status. Job seekers allowance, yes, does ask some more questions about an individual, but in fact, actually you can get more money out of job seekers allowance than you can out of a mirror in certain circumstances so they're all adjusted to meet a set of circumstances but let, let's be let's be clear right the mirror is almost uh, a very simple access uh, of 200 pounds based on a simple statement that you are not able to work at the present because of the restrictions that are in place. It's quick, it's simple, uh, and I think that a lot of people, you know, nearly 2,000 people benefited from that last year, uh, and we've already had quite a number of applications uh, in, and I expect probably a similar number to benefit from it o over this short period. And let's also be clear, Alex, you know, we are, we are working uh, with a certain amount of uncertainty. We've called a 21-day lockdown, you know, but so far the news is, is positive. Uh, and, you know, certainly, you know, I will be discussing with, along with the council of ministers what is appropriate as we move through, through this. It may be that we can start getting individuals, trades and professions back at a sensible point before the 21 days if we continue to get the sort of news that we're getting today. Uh, and that's why this is a moving feast and it probably wasn't appropriate to come out with every single piece of 
uh, financial support that we could, we could find uh, at this particular point until we really knew what we were dealing with. And I've said in my statement, and I'll say it again, you know, we will be reviewing this situation from a financial support perspective next week. And we appreciate that salary support, uh, mirror absolutely valuable, uh, critical pieces of infrastructure when it comes to providing support for our businesses and for our uh, families and individuals. But it doesn't necessarily meet every set of circumstances. Uh, and it's, were, were things to deteriorate, then I, then I think we would be looking at bringing forward something more substantial. Thank thanks, you. Thanks very much, Alex. And now we move on to Sam Turton from Jeff the Mongoose. Good afternoon, Sam. Faster my. Faster my, gentlemen. Um, Mr. Cannon, we've had people contact us today saying about how it's a different circumstance last time. They're at home and it's dark and it's colder and they're having to heat and light their homes. You're saying that there'll be a review next week of financial support. Would this include families who would be seeing a drop in their income and are struggling to pay their bills? Well, again, I mean, I would urge the, the, the point of having a social security system division uh, is that people that, and individuals and officers will be there to talk to families who may be finding circumstances difficult at at, at moment. Uh, as I've just said to uh, Alex Bell, you know, the support mechanisms that we have in place, many people are, are familiar with them. I'm sure that many people who are accessing them last year are currently going to be either, either intending to or are trying to access them at, at present. You know, they work well and they will pay out and our processes are efficient. If people are in uh, trouble, if circumstances are such that they are struggling, for any reason, then they must speak to Social Security because there could be other benefits that may be available to them as a household or as a family. Thank you. And just secondly, you've both said about a potential review before we get to 21 days if we continue with having no evidence of community spread. What exactly could that look like? And that's open to uh, probably more Mr Quayle there. Well, I suppose really it, it, it's... If we have no cases and a week goes by, then we, we may look to say, right, in the very near future, is there a possibility based on medical advice, uh, public health advice to open up certain sectors to go back to work? That's exactly what we did the last time. Um, we didn't just open up instantly. We, we did a slow turn on and then we suddenly opened up, so, uh, went from two metres to zero. Uh, on the social distancing. So it really will be, you know, we've got to see what happens for the rest of this week now. It's far too early to get our hopes up. It's promising at the moment, but we're only two days into this with no community cases. That could change. And obviously we'll keep you all in the loop on this one, Sam. Thank you. Thanks very much, Sam. We now move on to Rob Pritchard from 3FM. Good afternoon, Rob. Fast am I. Fast am I, Chief Minister. My first question to the Treasury Minister, just with regards to the Amira and salary support, for those applying for it, on average, how long will people be waiting from the time they apply to actually receiving the funds? So the first payments of Mira will be in the bank accounts by Thursday the 21st and will cover the period the 11th uh, of January to the 24th of January. And the second payment will be in accounts uh, on the 4th of February and will cover the period 25th of January to the 31st of January. And for salary support, we will be rolling that out in the very first week of uh, February, so I'm asking uh, businesses to apply uh, on the 31st of uh, January, and we will uh, roll that out uh, in in payment batches in the first week of February, and then pick up whatever's left uh, in the second week. So everything will will get out as quickly as we can uh, possibly do so. 
Thank you. And my, my second question again, again to the Treasury Minister. And you've already this week called for patience over applications for the salary support scheme. What measures have been put in place to make sure there are as few delays as possible for people applying for it to make sure they get the funds they need on time? Well, I think, uh, Sam, what you, will, what you will find is that uh, a lot of these businesses will have actually applied for salary support previously. So they will know uh, what to do. Hopefully they will have the uh, right spreadsheets uh, ready. And in fact, it's actually a very uh, simple process once you, once you go online. Uh, as I've said, I've committed to, as soon as we've got the payments in, and, and I'm asking people to apply at the, the, the end of the month, uh, once all the, uh, the salaries have been put through, uh, and we will refund uh, the appropriate amounts, uh, the £280 uh, accordingly, uh, within that first week. Thank you very much. Thanks very much, Rob. Now we move on to Tim Glover from Manx Radio. Good afternoon, Tim. Fast am I. Fast am I. Good afternoon. Uh, going to return to uh, a subject that came up on Wednesday, and we didn't get uh, a qualification back on it, but we've had further examples. This is a person on advice of government uh, self-isolating as instructors as they're in the high-risk venue, the Tapas Bar in Ramsey. They work for government. They're being told to take annual leave, uh, and if not that unpaid leave, surely that's not right. And I've got the COVID-19 guidelines on the management of self-isolation that the government has produced, but that deals with self-isolation following off-island travel, right, which is thanks. a different thing, I'm sure you'll agree. It is indeed, and I think it had been someone who was working for government at the time, and I know that our Office of Human Resources are looking into that and, and working with the department and the people involved to come to a, a satisfactory conclusion. So the rules will be followed. It's being worked on as, as we speak, and I, I'm sure it will get sorted. But it's not right, really, is it, to, to, to somebody who's been doing what they're told to do and them being told to take annual leave. It's not a very caring approach. Well, that's only if it's true, Tim. You know, you know we, 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 we can't say that all one side is um, the, the truth. I've got to see what the other side is, first of all, before I totally believe the first side. There could be a misunderstanding. There, there could be on, on both sides. And I, I, I sincerely hope it's sorted out as, as soon as possible. But I know I've spoken to the director of OHR, or via email anyway, and he's assured me that he's dealing with it as we speak. And secondly, just returning to uh, the variant, we were told we would know if we had any cases of the variant by the end of this week. We are at the end of this week. Uh, we've had three day one incoming travel positive tests in the last two days, and yet we're at level five with the borders. So are those key workers or we've still got people returning? Well, we've not stopped people returning. We, we, we've got a number of people who've left the island for various reasons. And then they now, with the new process, which we've brought in since the 23rd of December, um, having a test on day one and day 13. So, um, obviously, it's if you look at the infection rate in the United Kingdom, I suppose, sadly, it's to be expected that we will get quite a number of these day ones. That's why we've been constantly saying to people, whilst we're not stopping you from leaving the island, please really think twice before you leave the island, because obviously the United Kingdom is in a serious situation when it comes to their infection rate. I haven't, um, we, we, I had hoped to be advised by the end of today um, whether the variant was um, that, that we've had in the latest case, whether it was the new variant that the UK 
is um, experiencing, but we haven't had that data back. And should we get that data um, back over the weekend, then I will seek to have it published. It could be the South African variant, and you could have had that uh, a lot quicker with an expert here on the Isle of Man that you're not using. Well, we've never um, had this te this test done on the Isle of Man. It's always been dealt with by by Liverpool, and and that's the situation. I'm, I'm not prepared to to continuously discuss um, other individuals. That's up to the Department of Health and Social Care to decide who they wish to use. But we've never used an individual on the island for the genome um, testing of the um, type, the variant, and um, that's the situation. And I don't think health have any plans to change. Okay, right, next we have is Paul Moulton from Isle of Man Television. Good afternoon, Paul, fast am I. This is what you meant to say, last but not least. Well, okay, if you want me to, Mr. Paul Moulton, last but certainly not least. Thank you. Um, but on a serious note, I, I think a lot of people are going to be very concerned with that last question just asked there, that oh, weeks gone by and we still don't know the variant. I mean, this can't be totally the way that other uh, jurisdictions are operating because it's really important to your case isn't it because if it is this vicious one that's 60 70 percent more active that's why we're in the situation we're in isn't it if it turns out not to be you might be able to release our borders and controls a little bit earlier this is very important information which you don't yet have well, Paul, the, the waiting time is the same waiting time as the rest of the United Kingdom have to wait. It, it takes four to five days to um, go through the process and, and, and get it back. Liverpool had shut over the holiday period. We had hoped to get it back by the end of Friday. They, they didn't look at it till Monday because they were shut over the bank holiday and, and weekend period. So it is what it is. Um, I think I'll bring in the Director of Public Health to yet again explain that these variants don't make you any worse from a health point of view. They just maybe enable it for you to catch it quicker. And, and therefore, the processes that we've put in place mean that um, we, we, we should be absolutely fine. But I think Henrietta would maybe um, explain in more detail, please. Yes, thank you, Chief Minister. And really, it's a question of going over what we've gone through several times, I think, already, which is that the genetic variant does not make any difference to the management of clusters and outbreaks. That's still done in the way that we are doing it, and knowing the variant would make no difference to that. The variant is of interest from epidemiological perspective only. That said, there will be new knowledge accruing that may help us in the future, but that knowledge is not in existence at present. And that is, if we find out from studies across, based on large numbers, that the variant seems to have different properties compared to the other forms of the virus, in terms of the time course for incubation, the length of time it takes you to be infective, the viral load that is related to infectiveness. If any of that is shown to be different from what we have experienced at present, obviously we will change our protocols, as will everybody else. But at present, we have no evidence to indicate that that should be being done. Can I ask you when you expect to know which variant we have? Well, you say which variant we have. We quite probably have multiple variants in all the different positive cases we've had recently. OK, and do you know when we're going to know exactly what we've got? 
Well, we expected to get the results back with a turnaround time of five days, so we would have hoped to get some, I suppose, by close of play for the labs today. Um, we're still not at close of play for labs today, so we may get something in this evening, or if not, Monday. And that will be released through a press release straight away, will it? Not until wait till Monday? That's what the Chief Minister has indicated. Yeah. Thank you very much. Can, can and, I just point um, out, Paul, in, in, yeah. in the second part of your answer, there is a difference between the outbreak case in um, New Year's Eve and, and the second outbreak case on where they'd travelled, how the infection had happened, who they'd mixed with, and, and that's why there was a, a difference in how we've handled this. This was The second outbreak was far more serious um, as from the mixing and where they had been rather than the first outbreak, and that's why, given the seriousness of it and where the... Um, you could say secondary infection had come from that the decision was to go for the circuit break so there was a clear difference between the two outbreaks just thought i'd clarify that before you go yeah. on to your next question well, I, i'm sure you're aware of what's happening in queensland today they, they literally got the uk variant as they're calling it and went into immediate three-day lockdown because they're so worried that you know the, the, the transmission rate is so much higher and uh, that's their mini circuit breaker because of it and i'm assuming that's why we went to the level we went to straight away because the potential was there. Was that, I mean, that's what, this is what it's about, isn't it? You, you, the potential was we could have been with this UK variant. Well, we went into um, a different stage on the 21st, 23rd of December, um, Paul, where we insisted on people coming back having a day one test and a day 13 test, and that was because of the increase in the infection rates in the United Kingdom. There, there was a significant um, in, in infection rate. We took action straight away. Um, but yeah, we will um, no doubt be, uh, will be more knowledgeable on whether we have the variant. But as um, Prof. Dr. Ewart has already said, it doesn't in, impact on the way that we deal with, with the cases at this moment in time, unless more data comes along that advises us to change our policies. And if it's not here, could we go down to 14 days? Because you mentioned that 14 days, or well, we're definitely registered to eat, sucks in three weeks, whatever happens. Well, it's 14 days if you refuse to have the day one, day six, seven and 13 test. No, that's 21 days. I'm talking about your lockdown. Just would you move it down to just 14 days if it turns out we haven't got the new variant in the community or you know any cases at all? Well, we've got to review. We've, we haven't been a week yet, so it's important to see what the data is. Obviously, when we're yeah, not, exactly. if, if there's still... Um, outbreaks in the community, whether it's a, a UK variant, a South African variant, Spanish, you name it, wherever it come from, we will still um, wait until we've had the 14-day period of it not being in the community. Um, obviously, I've said before, we're not counting um, cases of people who've travelled and it's, as a result we get a, um, an infection from day one testing or, or six stroke seven or the day 13. So it's business as usual. Let's see what happens over the coming week and we can give you as much information as possible when we have a clearer picture about community spread. I don't know, Henry. Okay, just to finish with, sorry, because I take a lot of time. Could this lockdown go down into in, in 14 days if nothing appears that is different from what we could have had usually? In other words, there's this other one is not in our community at all. Could we just be on 14 days or would you stick to the three weeks before you make any more decisions? Well... I can't say never. We'll have to wait and see, Paul. I, I mean, I know an awful lot of people would like me to say yes, and in a fortnight's time, if we've had 14 days with no cases, we'll take the three-week um, 
circuit break um, and finish it earlier. It may well be that we can lessen it, but really that will be near the time dependent on advice from our medics, the capacity at our hospitals and public health. So really it's just too early to um, you know, try and... I'm not going to make promises that can't be delivered at the moment in time. I was just asking if that was a policy. That's all really, you know, to have some idea. OK. Right. Thank you very much, and thank you for those questions. Now, we do not plan on holding a briefing now until Monday. If before then there are any important updates that cannot wait, then, of course, we will let you know. Until then, thank you again for joining us, and thank you for everything that you are doing. Over the past few days, there has, and I know, been a lot of information to take in. The basics, as a reminder, are stay at home as much as you can. If you do need to go out, then wear a face covering as much as you can. If you have any symptoms, then stay at home and call 111 as soon as you can. Make the right decisions to keep you, your family and your island safe and to protect our vaccination programme. Stay safe, be responsible and whenever you can, please stay at home. Thank you very much.